Good morning. Good to see all of you. Good to be back with you all this Sunday. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 as we continue our series on the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at the entire chapter this morning. But it divides out into two sections. The first five verses will be section one, and then verses six through 16 will be the second section or main point of the message. And I I want to begin this morning with this thought. Human beings have always been sort of curious and, and interested and maybe even obsessed with the supernatural. Uh, Even today, You know, so many in our society are are wrapped up with uh, superhuman beings, superheroes, we call them. In fact, the biggest movies now are superhero movies that we flock to. There's something within us that that is connected to that. And and I think we're going to see this morning from this passage, there's a real biblical reason why. God created us for more than just being ourselves and for being able to accomplish simply what we as men and women can do and to know just what we could know on our own. God is always meant for the the pinnacle of his creation, human beings, to have that that. Uh, understanding and that ability. And I think that's why we are so curious and so interested in it. So if I had to title the message this morning, I think one of the titles I could give it is the supernaturalism of Christianity. That Christianity, if we understand it, is not about what simply man can do. Even though we live in a world today that is dominated by what we call humanism, where man is the center of all things and where basically people have the philosophy that what we can achieve is all that we can achieve. And that what we as human beings can know is all that we can know. There's nothing beyond that. But another title I think I would give to this chapter is True Spirituality. What is true spirituality? Before God. Well, I think, again, I want to share with you this morning, just at the beginning, that it, it really focuses on two things. One, Paul's going to remind the Corinthians that true spirituality takes us beyond what we could do on our own, and where we live our lives in a way, even in our ministry and our service for God, that takes us beyond ourselves. That's what true spirituality is. Doing the things that we could never do on our own apart from God. That's one of the main reasons why God gave us the Holy Spirit and literally inserted Himself into our being so that we have God inside of us every day. It's not so that we could live our lives simply to the level of what you and I could do on our own apart from God. But to live our lives way beyond that, seeing what only God could do through us. 
And then the second part in verses 6 through 16 is that God also gave us the Holy Spirit within us so that we could know things through Him that we could never know without Him, that we could never know on our own. That there's a whole other level of understanding God and the ways of God and the things of God that only the Spirit of God can impart to us that we could never find out on our own. And so I want you to first notice the first five verses of 1 Corinthians 2. Paul, using himself as an example, says this. When I came to you in Corinth, brothers and sisters, I did not come with superior eloquence or wisdom as I proclaimed the testimony or message of God. Paul says, it was never my aim to come to you seeking to impress you with me. Seeking to draw people after me. And he said, I never came to you with this air of superiority about me. No, in fact, he said, I decided, I made the call in my life, I made the choice to be concerned about nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul says, true spirituality and true spiritual ministry is not promoting ourselves and putting ourselves out there so that people can be impressed with us. It is putting Jesus Christ out there. It is elevating and magnifying Him before people so that people don't get all wowed by us and even by what we can do in our own skill and ability, but by what God can do through us and who God is and who God has made us to be. So Paul says, that's the way I approach this. Then he goes on to make this very transparent statement. He says, I want you to know something. That true spirituality and true spiritual ministry is about humbling ourselves and making ourselves vulnerable at times and allowing ourselves to get out of our own comfort zones. Why? Because Paul says, and I was with you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Amazing, isn't it? That we, we think of Paul, we think of this great, you know, Christian sort of superhero on his own that probably as he lived his life and did ministry, man, Paul wasn't, you know, he, he didn't have any fear. There were no feelings of inadequacy with Paul. There was no frailty or feebleness with Paul. And Paul says, oh no, you don't understand. I was scared to death. I was back there off stage before I went on that stage in Corinth and I was just trembling and my knees were knocking and my stomach was all in knots. And I can tell you the same thing happens to me even after 33 years. There's never a time where we as Christians should get to the point where we go, I've got this. This is easy. Because then we're missing true spirituality. We're actually missing true spiritual ministry. Paul says in verse 4, My conversation and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, I wasn't trying to wow you with my vocabulary and my big words and all of my education. 
He said, but when I came before you, I wanted it to be a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I wanted to prove to you and make manifest to you that there was something in me and something beyond me that was allowing me and enabling me to do what I did. And it wasn't me, Paul says. It was the God who lives within me. And it was his power that was being manifested and shown forth. And Paul said, I wanted to live this way for a very important reason. So that your faith, your spiritual foundation about which you and I build our lives would not be based on human wisdom or what's man-made or what men or women can do on their own, but on the power of God, on what God can do. Before we go back and just make a few other comments about this first section, this is part of the reason why so many people's faith, even of people of faith, is so small and weak. Because our spiritual foundation is still being based on what we can do. And never going beyond, but what can God do? So we limit ourselves individually. We limit our churches. We limit everything because our brains and our dreams and our thoughts and all of that end at our capacity and our ability. And we never go beyond that. It's never about, well, that's as far as I can go. So I'm stopping here. And that's why so many even people in the Christian world, their faith is wee, tiny, small, weak. Because they continue to live their lives with a faith, with a spiritual foundation that is based on man's wisdom and man's ability and man's capacity rather than on viewing God. And on keeping God at the very center of their thoughts and and dreams and, and all of that. And realizing that with God all things are possible. Nothing is too hard for God. He's the creator of the universe. He created us. He's bigger than anything and everything. And that's what Paul wanted to get across to the Corinthians. See, God did make us to live supernaturally. You know, when we maybe go to the movies and we watch these superheroes and we dream about, oh, I wish I had superpowers, that we don't realize even as Christians, oh, but we absolutely do. And that's all Hollywood made. But what we have is actually real. We do have supernatural power. Because we have God, the Holy Spirit, living within us. And that our whole life, our whole ministry, everything we do could be a demonstration of the Spirit and of His power and not simply what you and I can do on our own. That our lives should go way beyond that. But there's some sort of criteria here that Paul is reminding us about in his 
short testimony in these first five verses that sometimes make it a challenge and hard for us even as Christians to live that way. The first is humility. You see it here. Paul said, it wasn't about me. Because in order for us to experience the power of God, to rely and depend on something beyond ourselves, then we've got to take ourselves out of the driver's seat and, and stop leading our lives ourselves. And we've got to be willing to humble ourselves, not just before God and ask for His help and seek for His help at all times, but also to humble ourselves before others. I mean, so many Christians miss the true spiritual power that could, could be theirs through their lives simply because they don't want to show up to others as being weak, like Paul. Or that I'm afraid. Or that maybe I'm shaking. So we never put ourselves outside of our own comfort zone. We, even as Christians, live within what we're comfortable with. What I know I can do and what I know I'm good at. And therefore, we never see God really showing up in big ways in our life because we limit God by our lack of humility and our lack of being vulnerable and our lack of just being honest before others even, as well as God, and saying, but God, this is beyond me. This is more than I can do. And God is saying, now you know what true spirituality really is. God wants to get all of us there, not just Paul. God wants us to truly release our lives to Him so that we can begin to see every day God demonstrating Himself, His Spirit, His power through our lives, and taking our lives way beyond what you and I could ever do on our own. That's again why... So many churches, their ministry is smaller than, and I'm not talking about numerically, I'm talking about spiritually. Their ministry is smaller than it should or could be. That's why many Christians, their life is smaller than it could or should be. Because they never go beyond what they know that they can accomplish and feel comfortable with. In fact, years ago, one great expositor of the scriptures said this. He said, you could take the Holy Spirit out of most churches and he wouldn't be missed. Because 90%, at least 90% of all activity in our churches are things that we do on our own and we don't need the Holy Spirit to really accomplish it. We figured it out. We did it. It was a demonstration not of God's spirit and of God's power. It was a demonstration of human intellect and human wisdom and human power and human capacity and capability, but not God. I want you to think this morning about something. Would you be willing to be like Paul? 
to say, maybe for the very first time in your life, and maybe if not the first time, another time, say, God, I'm willing to humble myself because more than anything, I don't want to limit this life on earth, this one time I get on earth, to be a demonstration of simply what I could do on my own, apart from you. I want my life, I want the life of the church that I am a part of, I want it to be a demonstration of what you could do through me. So would we be willing to humble ourselves? Are you willing to allow God to take you out of your comfort zone and what you're comfortable with so that you can begin to see what He can do through you? Would you be willing to be weak and vulnerable and, in a sense, feeling inadequate and trembling at times to go, oh man, I don't know, God. Because, you see, it's in those times that we really do rely and depend on God at a level that if we're doing what we're comfortable with and, and what we think we're good at, then God sort of gets shoved to the side. Let's face it. We don't need God as much. I love the fact that God, you know, and, and not that I have this down and that I don't struggle with it as well, but, but simply that God has me in, in a type of ministry that, man, I, I still to this day, it's like, God, if you don't show up, I need you, God. And God wants all of us that way. I mean, even taking a couple weeks off, you got to understand, that bothers me to this degree. Then when I come back, I think like, oh man, have I lost it? <laughs> Am I going to be able to get up there and say anything? You know, you, you, you. Those things run through you. And then God reminded me, well, Jeff, you, you know, even if you did this every week like you were for a while, you, you still need me, right? You never get to the point where you and I should get so comfortable doing something, even if we've done it for a long time, to where we don't rely on God to do it. Because again, if we don't do that, then we miss the supernaturalism of our faith. We miss the whole reason why God's Holy Spirit lives within us every day. We miss the potential of our lives because our boundaries and our limitations are based on what, again, we're comfortable with and what we can do rather than what God Almighty could do in and through us. Without that kind of attitude or mentality, Abraham would have never been the father of many nations. Moses would have never been the deliverer of God's people. The Exodus would have never happened. David would have never been king in Israel, much less faced a giant named Goliath, if it was always about what they could do on their own. Anything that was of great achievement or accomplishment that is recorded in the Bible is always where God takes very ordinary men and women and does extraordinary things through them. 
Those are the things we remember about God and about God's people and about the stories that we love in the Bible. It's where an extraordinary God takes ordinary people like you and I and does extraordinary things through them. And Paul says, my life to the Corinthians was a demonstration of that. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says, true spirituality isn't just about living a life where I do things that I could never do on my own apart from God. It's also about living a way where I know things that I could never know apart from the Spirit of God. Listen to the words of Paul beginning in verse 6. Now, do we speak, we do, excuse me, speak wisdom among the mature, those who are tuned into God through his spirit. But notice it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are perishing. Instead, we speak the wisdom of God hidden in a mystery. It doesn't mean something that can't be known. It's talking about something that can only be known through revelation. Keep that phrase in mind. A mystery in the Bible is not something that God's trying to hide. It's not something that cannot be known. It is something, though, that only you and I could know because God chose to reveal it. That's what a mystery is. A mystery that was determined before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood it. If they had known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things that no eye has seen nor ear heard nor mind imagined are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Notice, God has revealed these, how? By his spirit to us. He's uncovered them. He's brought them to light, not through what we could come up with on our own, but only through the agency and help of the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit, Paul says, searches all things, every detail, even the deepest, the most profound things of God, because He is God. Therefore, He knows everything there is to know about God. And so anything you and I want to know about God, we can find out, but only through the Holy Spirit. There's no limit to what our understanding can be through the Holy Spirit, but there's absolutely no way we can understand God apart from the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, who among men knows the things of a man except that man's spirit is within him? So no one knows, very important, the things of God except the Spirit of God. Boy, if you mark your Bible... Mark verse 11 there. No one knows the things of God except by the agency of the Spirit of God. That's that's really important. We're going to see why in just a moment. Now we have received, Paul talking to Christians, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know, we may become intimately acquainted and aware of the things that are freely given to us by God. Therefore, we speak about these things, not with words taught us by human wisdom, but with those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. 
Spiritual people are simply those who, again, are tuned into God through the Spirit. Because it's only through the Spirit that we have true understanding of God. The unbeliever, a person who does not have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Because they're foolishness to Him. They're absurd. They're irrational. They don't even make sense. And can I say, when you and I, even as Christians, are not allowing the Spirit of God to illuminate our minds to God, they won't make sense to us either. If we're trying to figure it out on our own, trying to know God and know the things of God apart from God's Spirit's help, it won't make sense to us either. Paul says he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The only way they are apprehended is by the help and agency of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, Paul goes on to say, the one who is spiritual discerns all things. We see things as they really are. Yet he himself is understood by no one, meaning, but others do not see who we really are. Again, when someone looks at you as a Christian, They don't see a supernatural person because they can't see God living within us. But we truly are supernatural beings and we have superpowers. But most people don't see it. And the only way they can see it is to be in tune with God through His Spirit. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct Him or advise him. But Paul says, we have the mind of Christ. Whoa. Paul says, you realize that through the Spirit, we can know what God is thinking. And, and our, our minds can be filled with thoughts that literally emanate from God when we're in tune with God through His Spirit. Let me say this. This was a point that God really wanted me to to make surrounding this whole idea of, of being able through the Spirit to know things that I could never know apart from Him. That we've also got to, in our Christian circles, differentiate between a knowledge of the Bible and knowledge of God. Because many Christians think that Becoming spiritual people is knowledge of the Bible. And I say that to a group of people here at the Oasis because churches like ours really are vulnerable to that because we attract people that are all about wanting to know more about the Bible. The problem with that is if that's where it ends... That all we're interested in is sort of being a sponge that soaks up knowledge of the Bible. We never experience true spirituality. Which is why here at the Oasis, we will always seek to make worship and the Word complement each other rather than compete with each other. And where we seek through our worship and through our ministry of the Word to bring all of us to a point where we are engaging and experiencing God and where our knowledge goes beyond simply a knowledge of the Bible and gets to a knowledge of God. 
You say, well, what's the difference or why is that important? Because even unsaved people can have a knowledge of the Bible. There are many pastors today that are preaching in churches that don't have a relationship with God, but they have a human understanding of the Bible and they can impart that knowledge to others. There are many religion professors in colleges all over our country that can teach on religion and teach on the Bible. And they have an intellectual understanding of the Bible. They can tell you the books of the Bible. They can quote verses of the Bible. They have an understanding of the kings of the north and the south kingdom. And they have all this knowledge. But it never leads to true spirituality because it ends with the knowledge of the Bible and not a knowledge of God. We have to be careful in our circles today that we don't continue to become part of Bible study after Bible study and reading our Bible simply to accumulate what I call cold classroom facts about the Bible. Because that's not true spirituality. God didn't give us the Bible to know the Bible. He gave us the Bible as His revelation to know Him. And the only way you and I know Him is through the Spirit. I can know the Bible apart from the Spirit. I can know facts. I can have an understanding of the Old Testament and the New Testament. You say, Jeff, give me another illustration of that. Paul did. He said, the rulers of our age missed the message of God. Because they crucified our Lord of glory. Who's he talking about there? He's not just talking about the Romans. He's talking about the Jewish religious leaders of Israel. Let me ask you a question. Who had a greater knowledge and understanding and grasp of the Old Testament more than the Pharisees and scribes of Jesus' day? I'll answer that. No one did. No one knew the Old Testament better than the Pharisees and the scribes. Yet who was the group behind crucifying Jesus and handing him over to the Roman authorities to be crucified? A people that had all kinds of Bible knowledge. Greater Bible knowledge than most Christians will ever have today. But they missed the true meaning of the Old Testament. They had all these facts and all this knowledge of the Bible, but they did not have the real meaning. That's why they missed who their Messiah was. They knew Isaiah 53, but they missed it because they were seeking to understand the Bible on their own, in their own intellect, in their own way of understanding it, apart from saying, God, I need your help to understand the real message and the real meaning in these passages of Scripture. And when you and I as Christians approach the Bible in a cold, sort of classroomy way, and all we're interested in is filling our mind with more facts and figures about the Bible and about biblical things, but we're not doing it to get in touch with God and the heart of God, we are going to miss true spirituality. That's why Paul says, God has prepared 
unbelievable things for those that love him. Because if I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to give me a knowledge of God, and my heart is seeking God in my time in the Bible, and I'm seeking to fall more and more in love with God and to understand the heart of God, then I realize, oh my goodness, a whole new world opens up. And Paul says, these are things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. You know, people used to interpret that verse speaking about heaven, totally taking it out of context. That verse isn't anything about heaven. That verse is about God's revelation. He's saying, do you realize when you and I rely on the Spirit, this whole new world can be opened up to us. And we can know God in a way we could never know God apart from the Spirit. But we've got to get beyond the sort of the cold, calculating, analytical, intellectual only, you know, classroom way of of doing Bible and doing church and Bible study and all of that and getting to the heart of God. And the only way you and I can do that is by saying, Holy Spirit, I need you to connect me with God because you know the most profound things. You know the deepest things. And I want to dive deeper than I could ever dive on my own. I want to go to a depth that I could never go on my own. I want to know God so bad that I'm going to have to rely on the Spirit of God to take me to that level. Over the years, I've even had people say, boy, Pastor Jeff, I I wish I had your ability to be able to look at the Scriptures and, and read and study them and get the things out of them that you do. You do. It's it's not like I have a superpower that you don't have. You've got the same Holy Spirit in you that I have in me that I rely on all the time to go, I got nothing, God. Give me something here. And the Holy Spirit begins to bring all this stuff out. I, I hope you never think that as your pastor, that I stand before you, that what I share with you is things that I come up with on my own because I'm not that smart. I could never do it on my own, nor would I want to. Because you don't really want to hear what Jeff Royce has to say. You don't come here to hear what Jeff Royce has to think. You don't come here wanting to hear what Jeff Royce's opinions about things are. You come here to hear the voice of God. And so I have to get in touch with the Spirit. Because the Spirit knows the deepest most profound things about God because He is God. And He will enable us and help us to know things about God that we could never know on our own. No matter how much we study, no matter how hard we read, no matter how many times we read it, no matter how many Bible studies we go to, it doesn't matter. Apart from the Spirit, one can truly not know God. And so Paul here is saying, my friends, in Corinth, you are limiting yourselves. You're putting up boundaries around your church there in Corinth and around your life that does not have to be there. Because 
We have a supernatural God and he gave us a supernatural book and we have a supernatural savior and we have a supernatural salvation and we have a supernatural gift within us and we have supernatural gifts within us and we are supernatural through the supernatural God and God wants us to live supernaturally. So that you and I can do things we could never do on our own apart from God. And we can know things we could never know on our own apart from God. This is why getting in touch with the Holy Spirit and connecting to Him every day is so vitally important. Because if we don't, We will live, as Paul says to the Corinthians next chapter that we're going to look at next week, as a natural man, but I can't speak to you, Paul says, as spiritual people. Now think about that. That's what Paul said at the beginning of chapter 3, 1 Corinthians. He's not talking to non-Christians. He says, you're a Christian, You, you have the Lord as your Savior, but I can't speak to you as spiritual people. Why? Because they're still living at the natural level. They're living only at the level that they can do. Only what they're comfortable with. They've never truly allowed God to come into their life and into their church and take them way beyond what they could accomplish on their own. Here's the question I'm asking all of us today. How about you and I? Are we willing through the Spirit for God to take us beyond what we could do? And to be able to know things that we could never know apart from His Spirit? Let's stand and pray. Lord, today I... I, I know that this message for all of us is sort of a like a get-out-of-the-boat message. Very similar to Jesus telling Peter, come on, get out of the boat. Get out of your comfort zone. Let me begin to show you what you can do when you allow me to work through you. A human being can literally walk on water. We can never do it on our own, but... By demonstrating what the Spirit of God and what the power of God can do, it it can be done. I'm going to ask all of us in this room today to examine our hearts and our, our minds and our lives and ourselves and just say, God, are we ready? Are we ready to experience you in a way maybe we've never experienced you before? Are we ready to engage with you through the Spirit like we've never engaged with you before? God, work on your people today. Minister to us. Maybe some of the struggles and situations we're going through right now, we're we're struggling even more than we would have to because we're trying to do it in our own power. We're trying to figure things out on our own apart from you. And God, your word clearly tells us that If we don't have a knowledge of God, even though we have a knowledge of the Bible, we will come to places in our life where we will have a lot of disillusionment in our life about you. Because knowledge of the Bible, apart from knowledge of God and knowing truly the heart of God, will leave us that way many times. So God, today, may we be a people that just fall upon you. 
and rest in you like never before. And where we stop limiting ourselves and putting up boundaries that squelch our potential for what you have created us to be. Use this message, Lord. Use the voice. Lord, your voice coming through loud and clear through the pages of your revelation to speak to our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I asked Nicole to keep our last song today because some of you may even think, well, that song really doesn't tie into the message, and yet I think it does very appropriately in this way. Our last song is, it's a relational song. It's not an informational song. It's not a song where we're just recounting information about God. It's a song declaring to our God, God, we believe this of you. We acknowledge this of you. And we love you for it. And the reason that's important, again, is because that's what God always wants to lead us to in our worship and in our time in the Word. It's not about filling ourselves with information about becoming these sponges that just keep soaking up, you know, facts and figures and not truly engaging and experiencing God in a relational way. This song is all about relationship. It's all about reminding us who our God is and what He is and who He is and what He can do through us and in us. So let's declare this song today to God. Let's lift up our voices and let's say to God in faith, God, Our foundation of our life is not based on what men can do. It's based on who you are and what you can do. And God, I'm even trusting you for my life right now in this moment as we sing this song together.